0: The Oscars are predictably irritating. Joe Biden stumbles, even as he correctly diagnoses his own party. And the other Democrats open up the circular firing squad. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. My savvy fans secure their internet. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, you may have noticed that things are crazy, right? It's just the beginning of the year. and We've already seen mass chaos, cats and dogs living together. Chaos in the streets, like the whole thing. Well, this is why. You might want to think about diversifying your portfolio at least a little bit. And one of the ways you can diversify your portfolio is to put at least a little bit of your money in precious metals. I'm not saying take all of your money out of the stock market, liquidate it, put it in gold bars and bury them in your backyard. I'm talking about have a little bit of your money in precious metals because the fact is the government messes around with the currency. The government messes around with the value of things that you own. So why wouldn't you at least diversify into something that the government doesn't really control? And that is the price of gold. If you haven't yet taken the first step of requesting a free information kit on gold, go ahead and do it. If you haven't converted a portion of your eligible IRA or 401k to an IRA in precious metals, at least go and have the conversation. Birch Gold will go to work and make things super simple. There's no obligation to so have nothing to lose to take that first step. Birch Gold group has thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews, and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So Text BEN to 474747 during the month of February. When you open an IRA in precious metals, you do get a signed copy of my book, The Right Side of History, for free. The deal was extended from January. Don't know how long it's going to last. So you have to text BEN to 474747 in February and open an IRA in precious metals and get a signed copy of my book, the right side of history. The real reason, of course, that you should go and check out Birch Gold is because you should have all the information not to get a free copy of my book. Instead, go check them out. Ask all of your questions. And then once you have your answers, talk with the folks with at Birch Gold about doing business. Text Ben to 474747. That's Ben to 474747. Okay, so last night was the Oscars. Ooh, ah. And the Oscars are a wonderful window into what the cultural left really thinks of America. The, the Oscars every year do more to help President Trump than any other cultural event in America, truly. Because it's finally when the American people get to see what all of the people on the coast truly think of them. And as I say, I don't think that everybody on the coast really thinks the way the people at the Oscars think, but enough of them do. And it is amusing, I will say, to watch the Oscars outwoke themselves. Basically, the Oscars writ large are the story that I talked about on the show last week. There's a show I talked about on the show last week where a bunch of liberal white women were hiring A couple of women of color to lecture them about how unwoke they were. They're paying them like twenty five hundred bucks a session in order to have malice struggle sessions where they confessed how secretly racist they were and how they were insensitive and couldn't identify microaggressions and all of this. And the real reason you do that is so that then you then you can go tell all of your left leaning friends that you are the kind of person who is so woke that you paid twenty five hundred bucks to a lady to explain to you how you are not how you are not woke enough. I mean, this is this is the idea here. It's really because the impressive level of subversive racism that exists in the left wing community, it truly is incredible. It truly is incredible. Okay, so the 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 upper class, posh, white kind of looking down your nose at black people in that black people are only there to alleviate your sense of guilt and the way that you alleviate your sense of guilt is by hiring black people to tell you that you're actually guilty. It's really, really impressive. And that's what was happening at the Oscars last night. There's a lot of racial signaling. It was also a lot of class signaling. Nothing more woke than a bunch of incredibly, incredibly rich people who go out there and use their richness to push for socialism. Nothing says that you are woke quite like not giving up any of your money, like still taking millions and millions of dollars to do these movies, but then complaining about class conflict. And this is one way, at least, to see the win for Parasite, which, again, I've only watched about half of Parasite at this point. And seems like a fine movie, like really, but... It is a class conflict parable, and folks in Hollywood love this kind of stuff. You have to understand that the Oscars really operate more like the viewer function on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, when they rate movies, there are two ratings. There's there's the critics' ratings, and then there's the, the audience rating. And the audience rating is usually, how does this film fulfill expectations? How does this film make me feel about me? And the same thing is true to a certain extent with the critics. How does this film make me feel about me? Which is why my rule on Rotten Tomatoes, if it's above 90%, there's a really good chance that the movie's terrible. And if it's below 60%, there's a really good chance that the movie's terrible. Okay, well, in in Hollywood, the question for the Oscars is always, how does this film make me feel about me? And that's why you see films like Birdman, which no one saw and of the people who saw it, few liked. It's how that movie ends up winning Best Picture because people in Hollywood are obsessed with themselves. It's how the movie Moonlight Wins an Oscar not because it was the best movie that year it wasn't but because it made people in in Hollywood feel really good about themselves to reward a movie that was about a black gay kid right? this is how Hollywood views itself so for Parasite the question is why would Parasite win and sure it's a fine movie but there are a bunch of really good movies made last year including 1917 which is going to go down in five years as one of the better film war films ever made Ford versus Ferrari which is going to be a basic cable classic Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which is Tarantino's best film in ten years people are not going to remember Parasite. In 10 years, people are going to remember a lot of the other films that were made this year. The reason that Hollywood rewarded this is for two reasons. One, they get to now claim that they are woke because they're rewarded a class conflict script. And two, because they now get to claim they are woke because they're rewarded a foreign film. And this was the only way of avoiding the innate conflict of having mainly white films nominated. This is all we heard about in the run-up to the Oscars, is how white the Oscars were. Hashtag Oscars so white, so white. And so give it to a South Korean film, and then you don't have to worry about being accused of racism anymore. Now, hilariously enough, those same white people who voted for Parasite will be very much in favor of South Koreans being barred from Harvard so long as it means that affirmative action can apply to people of other races. See, if you're South Korean, you're only a member of a minority group for certain purposes, but not other purposes. But in any case, this may be too deep a read. Let's go into what exactly happened at the Oscars last night. So as I say, this Oscars, as most Oscars have turned into, was the equivalent of a bunch of liberal white ladies hiring a couple of women of color in order to inform them how racist they are. So, they hired Janelle Monáe who has you know, she's she's a talented lady, but she's basically made a living the past few years kind of social justice warrioring a little bit. And uh, and she starts off the Oscars by lecturing Americans about how the academy is anti anti-queer and anti-black because she is queer and black and that's why she's special as opposed to she's talented so she's special. She's talented because she's queer and black, which is weird because neither of those are talents. In any case, here is Janelle Monáe.
1: We celebrate all the women who directed phenomenal films, and I'm so proud to stand here as a black, queer artist telling stories. Happy Black History Month. We're going to get low. We're going to take it to the underground. La, 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 la,
0: <laughs> This is so toned up. It's so insanely toned up. First of all, I don't know what happened. If she was attacked by a florist shop, but, she, but she's walking around wearing a big old cape that's made of flowers and talking about, let's talk about all the women who made great films this year. And the, the idea is that everybody is horrible for not nominating these women for Best Director. Okay, the, the films that, that were supposed to be nominated for Best Film this year or Best Director for, for these women almost universally were not incredibly good films. You okay, know, I haven't seen Little Women, which apparently should have picked up every Oscar that was ever made, like including all retroactively, every Oscar that has been made since the beginning of time because it was made by Greta Gerwig. And we know Greta Gerwig was put upon because she was nominated for Lady Bird two years ago. But in any case, Janelle Monáe then starts going down the front row to all of these rich white people and trying to hijack them into proclaiming their wokeness with her, right? You can see Tom Hanks trying to bob his head to the beat a little bit. And it's like me trying to bob my head to the beat, right? I mean, I'm a white guy, like not not really, <laughs> not a thing that is happening. I mean, the video of this is so spectacular. Janelle Monáe just walking around. To, it's like an entirely white front row, an entirely white front row, right? And she's walking around with the microphone trying to, Cudgel them into being part of a really, really awkward look. At look at Tom Hanks being like, "Okay, am I supposed to bob my head here? What am I? Do? What's going on now? How did I find myself at this at this off Broadway creative theater production? Like, what, what exactly is happening here?" And that was just the beginning, guys. By the way, if you ever want to see awkward white people, if you ever want to see awkward white people, I will say that the Oscars are a great place to see awkward white people. Eminem, who is. Another white person. Eminem apparently rapped at the Oscars last night. The cutaways to the audience are just gold. They're just gold because nobody in the audience knows what the hell is going on. Eminem is up on stage yelling and rapping and cursing. And everybody in the audience is super confused. And it's just fantastic. You know, let's show some of the video of this. This is really spectacular. (laughs) They all look puzzled. They don't know what's going on. (laughs) Basically... Oh, the awkwardness. Oh, it's so awkward. All of these. (laughs) The cutaway to Scorsese is the best part of that. Scorsese is looking at that like a Marvel Avengers film. He's just like, I don't know. What? No. Oh, great stuff. Okay, so Hollywood wasn't done there. Then you got the speeches and the speeches were all about how woke they were. They were all about how woke and crazily woke they were. Okay, so Josh Gad gets up and he and he explains that. He is a special person. Why? Because he's not a climate denier. He somehow sneaks this into a joke about Frozen 2. Again, all of this is going to make Trump president again. And you have to understand that for most people who see any clip from this show, what they're going to feel is an overwhelming sense of irritation at these annoying, extraordinarily wealthy jackasses who pose as our moral superiors while doing nothing actually morally superior. And the ways that they pose as our moral superiors are by either paying homage to the woke culture, like by bobbing their heads to Janome and doing her routine, or by getting up there and claiming that everyone else is an idiot. So Josh Gad does this routine about climate change. Again, one of the great irritants about the climate change talk is nobody ever talks about solutions when it comes to climate change. It all becomes virtue signaling about how wonderful they are for believing in climate change in the first place. So Josh Gad did that routine, trying to, of course, to ride half the country in the, in the middle of this.
2: As Mindy noted, animated movies are loved everywhere. In fact, Frozen 2... 2- or as climate change deniers call it, not Frozen 2, has been dubbed in 45 different languages, which means I now have 44 blood rivals around the world. These dubbed versions provide kids and adults everywhere their own special connection to the story and its characters, which means there are so many great versions of Elsa. For instance, Canadian Elsa is basically the same, but with health care. <laughs>
0: Just uh, the Oscars. Uh, You guys are so in touch. It's really really great to see how in touch they are. We'll get to more of the Oscars in a second. And again, this is important because the culture wars are an inherent part of our culture, more and more so. I'll explain why in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the window coverings in your home. So the window coverings in your home, you may not think about them very much, but the fact is you should think about them because they are one of the easy upgrades that you can make to your house. And you can do it and make your house look much better and not spend a fortune doing it. How should you do this? Well, you should head on over to Blinds.com. With 15 million windows covered, over 30,000 five-star customer reviews, Blinds.com is America's number one online retailer for affordable, quality custom window coverings. Whether you're looking for energy-efficient energy efficiency you just moved, or you want to refresh the look of your home, Blinds.com makes the whole experience fast and easy. Plus, every order gets free samples, free shipping, a free online design consultation to make sure that everything looks as good in person as it does online. Just send them pictures of your house, and they send back custom recommendations from a professional for what will work with your color scheme, furniture, and specific rooms. And this is the best part. If you accidentally mismeasure, or if you pick the wrong color, if you screw up, Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. They've really made it easy for you, so there's no excuse to leave up those man- Blinds. For a limited time, my listeners get 20 bucks off at Blinds.com when you use promo code Ben. That is Blinds.com, promo code Ben for $20 off. Full wood Blinds, Cellular Shades, Roller Shades, and more. We have done this in our house. It makes our house look a lot better. Blinds.com, promo code Ben. Rules and restrictions do apply. That is Blinds.com, promo code Ben. Go check them out right now. Blinds.com, promo code Ben for $20 off. Okay, Brad Pitt also got up at the Oscars and decided that he was going to jump into the pol- political act. I definitely trust the judgment of somebody who was in relationships with both Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie, because that, that's definitely showing some good life judgment there. Anyway, here is Brad Pitt explaining his perspective on the impeachment hearings, which is something you definitely needed to hear based on the fact that he was once in seven years in Tibet and therefore knows all about politics or something. Here's Brad Pitt saying things.
3: Thank you to the Academy for this honor of honors. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. (laughs) I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it. In the end, the adults do the right thing.
0: Uh 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 Uh, And they're all all laughing, don't you see? Because they're they're laughing. It's it's just great. Okay, the the virtue signaling was not limited to inside the hall. Natalie Portman decided she was going to virtue signal also. Again, the the lack of, of any sense of reality among these people is insane. They're so, you know, these people, they are so brave. So are the the stunningness, the bravery. How could they be so brave and yet so controversial at the same time? Such stunning bravery, bravery. Natalie Portman, who is wealthy beyond wealthy. right? Natalie Portman, who's been given at least one. She won an Oscar for Black Swan. So she, she herself has been heavily rewarded, despite, in my opinion, being a wildly overrated actress. In any case, she shows up on the red carpet wearing a cape. But it's not just any cape. It's a cape that is embroidered with female directors, the names of female directors who are not nominated and therefore are greatly put upon, despite the fact that they earn millions of dollars to direct apparently mediocre films. I mean, seriously, the names of the directors that are on there, on, on her cape, they include the director of Hustlers. Really, does anyone think that Hustlers deserved a Best Director nom this year? Like, does anyone think that Hustlers really, really required a Best Director nomination this year? One of the directors is the director of of. The Mr. Rogers film, does anyone think that the Mr. Rogers film deserved a best director nomination this year? Does anyone think that Greta Gerwig desperately needed a best director nomination after winning a best director nomination for Lady Bird? And what exactly are we talking about here? The bottom line is that according to Hollywood, this makes Natalie Portman not have to worry about the fact that she is wealthy and that she has a really easy life. She is now part of the victimized, right? She's part of the coalition of the dispossessed. And so the question becomes, dispossessed by whom? So people do this routine, all oh, well, dispossessed by the academy, because the academy is the font of all evil. It's super white. So what does the academy do? Instead of the academy making fun of all this nonsense, the academy jumps right into it, and they flagellate themselves. And the academy brings all these people forward, and then they say, look how, look, how, we know that we've got a problem, guys. We know that we've got a problem. And the first step towards solving a problem is admitting you have a problem. And bringing forth people like Natalie Portman, a true victim in American society. When I think victim, I think Natalie Portman. Don't you? She lives in France with her husband. I, I feel really, really terrible for Natalie Portman. It's, it's, And I feel terrible for all those directors who are given millions and millions of dollars to play with to make really, really kind of mediocre films. That's, that's pretty spectacular stuff. At least I will hand it to Joaquin Phoenix. At least Joaquin Phoenix is crazy. Like all these other people are pretty much sane. So when they do stupid things, then you just make fun of them. Joaquin Phoenix, I'm not sure whether you're even allowed to make fun of Joaquin Phoenix at this point. Because honestly, I like he sort of morphed into, is he still role-playing? Is he still just being the Joker? Like, did he ever get out of the mindset? So Joaquin Phoenix gets up there, and he's been going around making these sort of environmentalist statements. He, he really made a sacrifice for the people this year and for the people of Earth. He only has one tuxedo, Joaquin Phoenix. And he pointed this out, that unlike all these other people who have 10 tuxedos, he only has one tuxedo. Right? Just like all the poor people only have one tuxedo. If you go below the poverty line, everybody's going to a tux, a thousand dollar tux hanging in their closet. In any case, Joaquin Phoenix wins best actor for the Joker. And he makes an insane speech about cows and milk, which is weird because I, I recently saw Joaquin Phoenix wearing a vegan T-shirt at a restaurant that serves pretty much only meat. In any case, here's Joaquin, <laughs> true story. Here is Joaquin Phoenix last night at the Oscar lecturing us all about speciesism, speciesism, which is, again, a real Hot take. That really is the tragedy. I mean, truly, Joaquin Phoenix should have shown up with the names of cows embroidered on his tuxedo. I mean, like Betsy, Old Blue, right? (laughs) I mean, they weren't nominated for anything either. These cows that have given us our sustenance for generations, and not one of them was nominated for an award. Not a single one of them was nominated for an award. Not a single cow. Unbelievable. Here's Joaquin Phoenix explaining to all of us that veganism is the way to go and that basically drinking milk is like you're a Nazi. We go into the natural
2: world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow, and when she gives birth, we steal her baby, even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. Uh
0: <laughs> what what now? What uh what now? Like between we have to embroider his coat with 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 milk, like two percent whole. I (laughs) mean, what the hell is going on here? What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? Now, listen, if you want to make the case against factory farming, make the case against factory farming. But we artificially inseminate these cows and then we take her milk and we use it in our coffee. We use it in our cereal. Yes, we do. That's true. You, you have you have scored a point against civilization, Mr. Phoenix. Just, wow, solid. solid. And, and the crowd gave him a standing ovation for this. All of whom drink milk, by the way. All of whom are engaging in protein consumption. Animal protein consumption. Like the number of vegans in that room, not that high. But again, it's all about the, we've been lectured. And we know that we've been lectured. We This is the new church. It really is. It's a church for folks on the left. And just like a lot of people go to church to be lectured by their pastor about all the sins that they've committed the prior weeks that they don't commit those sins again. It's like that at the Oscars. It's the one time they go to church every year. And at that church, they're lectured about their insufficient wokeness. And if they wish to avoid anti-woke hell, then they will have to pay homage and they will have to do confession with Joaquin Phoenix, which is a really weird type of confession. So good stuff over at the Oscars, as per the usual, really in touch with the feelings of most Americans. I think that these people really have a bead on what Americans are feeling. And honestly, I was feeling a little optimistic this year because there were some actual movies that people saw this year. And none of them won any awards. I mean, the ones that actually won awards, once upon a time in Hollywood got completely skunked. Joker won a couple of awards, but Parasite waltzed away with a bunch of these awards, a movie that no American has really ever seen. And again, a class warfare film that would have pleased Bernie Sanders is if the rest of the film holds up the way that it's holding up so far, an hour in. In any case, we'll get to we'll get to the actual 2020 Democratic race. And I'll explain in just a second why these culture wars actually matter. Because whenever we sound off about this kind of stuff, people on the left are like, how dare you? You're so triggered by the culture. You're so triggered, which is gaslighting. Because the reason you do this is because you want attention, right? You're all the, the 15-year-old girl who gets her hair put up in some sort of mohawk and gets a giant nose ring, gets those, those earrings that like stretch out your earlobe. And then you walk around like, why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? Why are you? You're the Oscars. That's why we're looking at you. We all get it. Okay, we all get that you want attention. So if we give you attention, you don't get to whine about us giving you attention. And if we make fun of you, you don't get to whine about us making fun of you. Of course, we're making fun of you because you look like idiots. You look like a bunch of woke morons who have no actual relationship. Like, is there a single impoverished person in America who feels better off today because of what was done at the Oscars last night? Who who's, Whose pocketbook got thicker last night? Is there a single woman in America who's struggling to make ends meet? Who is like, yes, slay queen because female directors weren't winning Oscar noms this year. Slay queen, Natalie Portman. Like, who, who out there? Felt really emboldened and empowered by that Oscar routine last night. I have a feeling not all that many people. Not all that many people. Except for the Oscar voters who feel really good about themselves. Because, again, they get to participate in this religious ceremony once a year. We'll get to more of this in one second. First, you must not forget Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is coming up. It is coming up quickly. And I know what's going to happen. You're going to forget. And then you're going to drive over to the local gas station. You're going to buy your spouse, your your significant other, a box of gas station sushi, aren't you? Don't do it. Instead, go over to one 800 flowers and make the magic happen for that special someone. Valentine's Day is just a few days away, so if you still haven't ordered roses, you need to act fast with the official valentine florist 1-800-Flowers.com Right now, you can get the 24-stem colorful rose medley for only $29.99 That is right. The 24-stem colorful rose medley for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak. They're shipped overnight to ensure freshness. I have a bouquet that I recently got my wife from 1-800-Flowers. Every time I go out of town, actually, I get my wife flowers from one Eight hundred flowers. I'm just that kind of husband, and you can be too. They are beautiful. They really last. They look beautiful. They're gorgeous. The twenty-four stem colorful ro- rose medley for only twenty nine ninety nine, or an upgrade to twenty-four red roses for just ten bucks more. It's one of the best Valentine's Day offers you will find. It expires today. While supplies last, so like today is the last chance. Pick your delivery date, let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to impressing her on Valentine's Day, trust in the Rose Authority, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order the 24-stem Colorful Rose Medley for twenty nine ninety nine, or upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Shapiro. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Shapiro. Hurry, the offer expires soon. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Shapiro. Hurry. That offer does expire. And these flowers are the most beautiful flowers in the world. Okay, so what the left will do is whenever a culture war is declared, they say, why is the right so triggered by this? Why are you so upset by this? Where well, you were watching, you didn't have to watch. That's true. I didn't have to watch. And the truth is, I didn't watch part of it because why would I? But when you declare war in the culture, that stuff has deeper roots. It does. It has these deeper roots. and That that was not the only, again, it was it was a theme throughout the night. Never has anybody gotten up at the Oscars and just given like a basic American tribute. It's been years. Right, we actually had a full-on communist tribute last night. The producers of Best Documentary got up there and actually cited Karl Marx on the stage, which is really rich because, again, these people are all really rich. Here are some of the, some of the people who made the Best Documentary feature literally quoting Karl Marx.
1: Working people have it harder and harder these days. And we believe that things will get better when workers of the world unite.
0: Workers of the World United, literally quoting Karl Marx from a stage where everybody is worth a fortune. Most Americans are not going to be up for this. Okay, but this does have, this does have some pretty significant cultural ramifications, and it's carried over into the Democratic Party because the Oscars are writ small, what the Democratic Party is, writ large. They're an American industry, a classically American industry, typically the face to the world. And they used to be fairly pro-America and now. They've become the repository of all things woke. And all of the sort of normal people in Hollywood have been cowed into silence, right? Everybody in Hollywood is now Tom Hanks with regard to Janelle Monet, just sitting there trying to bop along with the beat, not understanding what the hell is going on. And that's what's happening in the Democratic Party too, where Bernie Sanders has the mic, where ta Coates has the mic, where, where the woke left of the party has the mic. And now they are attempting to cudgel everyone else into silence with the accusation that if you do not go along with their extraordinarily far left agenda, then therefore you are part of the problem. you're an accessory to the crime after the fact. And this is the fight that's going on inside the Democratic Party. It's part of the fight that's going on inside the country at large right now is that there is a small contingent of people in the United States who believe that the United States is responsible for nearly every evil in American society and world society. A contingent of people who believe that Americans are sinners, brutal, egregious sinners against the environment, against minorities, against poor people. And that if you disagree with that, you better keep your mouth shut. That was the Oscars, and that's the impression that I think a lot of Americans are getting of the Oscars, and that's why they're like, okay, screw this. Trump hates the Oscars? Like, if, if Ricky Gervais were on the ballot, they'd vote for Ricky Gervais, who, by the way, had a great tweet last night. He was asked specifically what he would have said at the Oscars if he were the Oscar opener. He said, I'm glad that you all decided to give three hours of sleep to your underpaid foreign maid, which is exactly right. Exactly right. All these people will go home to their underpaid nannies from foreign countries who they're making movies about their victimization and who they thrust their kids off upon. Right. They'll go back home to those people and then they will treat them like dirt because the, the truth is that the, the villain, the, the kind of upper class villains in Parasite are more like the people in Hollywood than the than the lower class heroes of Parasite of Parasite. OK, so meanwhile, over in the 2020 Democratic race, as I say, the Oscars are sort of a, a very microcosmic version of the 2020 Democratic race. And you can see all of the socialism versus non-socialism breaking out into the open. All the candidates are now going after each other brutally. Then the most humorous moments over the weekend. So the Democrats had this final debate before New Hampshire. New Hampshire is stacking up like another Bernie Sanders win, although Pete Buttigieg has made some significant gains, really at the expense of Joe Biden. According to the latest polling data from New Hampshire, Sanders remains up and he remains up fairly significantly. But the real story is not where Sanders is, it's where Biden is. Biden has dropped almost down into single digits, according to the latest polling average. The latest polling average has Bernie Sanders at 28.5, Pete Buttigieg at 22, Elizabeth Warren at 12, Biden at 11, and Klobuchar at 11. He has nearly dropped into fifth place in New Hampshire, according to the polling average. This is somebody who's running second or first in many of the polls just six weeks ago. So Biden has completely collapsed. Buttigieg has picked up some of that support. Sanders is riding exactly where Sanders has been riding the whole time. Then the conventional wisdom was that at some point, Bernie Sanders' support would bleed away to some other candidate who could cross over between the socialist base and the non-socialist base. As it turns out, Bernie is absolutely rock solid. And it's Biden's support that has bled away to other candidates, including Pete Buttigieg. But what really has happened here is that the Democratic Party is Tom Hanks in that Oscars clip. The Democratic Party is sitting there and they don't know what to do as they are lectured on their own lack of wokeness. So at the debate on Friday night, all the Democratic candidates were asked about having a Democratic socialist at the top of the ticket. This is clip 23. And they're asked, do any of you raise your hand if you think it's a problem having a Democratic socialist at the top of the ticket? And watch as all of these candidates basically stand there and do nothing. Amy Klobuchar gradually raises her hand before she realizes she's not supposed to raise her hand.
3: Is anyone else on the stage concerned about having a Democratic Socialist at the top of the Democratic ticket?
0: (laughs) Okay, and Amy Klobuchar hesitates, and then she gradually raises her hand. Now, why isn't every hand going up? Literally everyone on the stage, except for Bernie Sanders, has expressed that they are unhappy with the idea of having a democratic socialist at the top of the ticket. The reason they're not raising their hands is because they're all afraid Bernie's going to win the nomination. And then that's going to be a campaign ad. Every single Democrat raising their hand, except for Bernie, talking about how socialism should not be at the top of the ticket. They're all dishonest. They're radically dishonest. And Joe Biden, who did not raise his hand there, he did not raise his hand. He was asked about socialism. And he, he's been going around at rallies and saying, listen, we can't defend socialism at the top of the ticket. This is not something that we can do.
2: Florida win. With the label Democratic Socialist, because everybody's gonna go all the way down the line. That's just gonna happen. You gonna win in North Carolina, you're gonna win in Pennsylvania, you're gonna win in those states in the Midwest. It's not I'm not I didn't put the label on Bernie. Bernie calls himself a Democratic Socialist. So you think flat out Democrats can't defeat Trump if they have to defend socialism? I think it's gonna be incredibly more difficult.
0: Okay Bernie Sanders for his part. He's saying, on the one hand, he's not really a socialist. On the other hand, Americans love socialism. So Bernie Sanders over the weekend, he said he was not advocating a U.S. government takeover of the health care system. So he's going to have to explain what the hell Medicare for all is. I mean, that is literally a government takeover of the U.S. healthcare care system. But here is Bernie trying to explain why it's not advocating for the empowerment of the U.S. government to take over the entire health care system. Uh, this just optically. No, looks hold can like like Margaret, Margaret, Margaret,
3: its
2: own Margaret. Caucus. Margaret.
3: Margaret, that's not a true statement. I'm not advocating for the United States government to take over the health care system. What I am advocating for is an expansion of Medicare. Medicare exists. Right. I want to expand it over a four-year period. Which be administered by the U.S. Of...
2: government. And Precisely, just as Medicare is
3: right now. But, it, <laughs> but it's not a takeover.
0: Y- yes, it is. Medicare is a portion of the U.S. healthcare care system. It's not the entire U.S. healthcare system. That's like saying that if you wanted to nationalized FedEx, that wouldn't be a government takeover of the mail system because the U.S. Postal Service already exists. No, it would absolutely be a takeover of the U.S. mail system. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Bernie isn't even coherent, but at least he's coherent when he calls for socialism, right? Bernie says Americans want socialism. They're desperate for socialism. They don't even know what they want. I want pudding and I want socialism. I've got, I've got two things to do, socialism and pudding, and I'm all out of pudding. Americans also are out of pudding. They would like pudding. Socialism for all. The truth is that
3: our agenda is precisely the agenda that the overwhelming majority of the American people want. At the end of the day, the American people want to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. They want to make public colleges and universities tuition free and cancel student debt by a modest tax on Wall Street speculation. The American people understand health care is a human right, not a privilege. The function of health is not to make $100 billion for the drug companies and the insurance companies. The American people understand we have got to deal with the existential threat of climate change. Our agenda is the agenda of working class and middle class Americans.
0: Okay, again, the, the, so he's, he's promoting it out that right? And then he said socialism isn't all that radical over the weekend as well, Bernie. Because social, it's not, it's not radical anymore. Apparently it's mainstream.
3: Four years ago when I was here campaigning Many of the ideas that we talked about, raising the minimum wage to a living wage of 15 bucks an hour, those ideas then were considered radical. You know what? They're not radical today. Seven states
0: have passed a $15 an hour minimum wage. Okay, so I'm just going to remind you. I'm just going to remind you here. Every Democrat, except for Amy Klobuchar, kept their hand down when asked if it was a problem to have a socialist. At the top of the ticket and virtually every Democrat on that stage has said openly. It is a problem to have a socialist at the top of the ticket. Pete Buttigieg, who is wildly dishonest, he said it'll be hard to defend socialism. And he said it's going to be hard to defend socialism. He said this over the weekend, but he wouldn't raise his hand on that stage, would he?
3: Do you believe that the Democrats can defeat Donald Trump if they have to defend socialism?
1: I think it'll be a lot harder. But the bigger concern that I have is further dividing the country. Uh, You know, when the campaign says that either you're for a revolution or you must be for the status quo. Most of us don't see where we fit
0: in that picture. Okay, so he's ripping on the Bernie Sanders socialism, too. But none of them have the stones to actually just say to Bernie, no, this is a bunch of crap. And what you're promoting here is a bunch of garbage. And so instead, they've all been hijacked. And there's and, and they're supposed to be grateful for the hijacking, right? They're supposed to be grateful to Bernie. Again, it's the Oscars crowd trying to bop along to, to Janelle Monet. That's all this is. That's all this is. And it's hilarious. It is indeed hilarious. Now, they've all opened up their guns on each other, and that, too, is hilarious. We're going to get to the the drama of Joe Biden, who is just falling apart, but also smacking Pete Buttigieg properly. So we'll get to that in just one second. Okay, guys, this is basically the last chance for you not to screw up Valentine's Day. Like, what are you going to get for your significant other? If you're smart, what you're going to get is jewelry, right? That would be the smart thing to do. You're going to go big or go home on Valentine's Day. Jewelry is one of the most popular gifts you can get for Valentine's Day, and there's nothing more classic and timeless than fine pearl jewelry. It doesn't need to break your budget. At The Pearl Source, you get the highest quality pearl jewelry at up to 70% off retail prices why because the pearl source cuts out the middleman by eliminating markups traditionally five times the original price and selling directly to you the pearl source is just fantastic i know the people who run it i know the family that runs it they are really honest and their jewelry is beautiful i have jewelry from from the pearl source for my wife she has a necklace she has earrings just gorgeous gorgeous stuff at the pearl source You'll find the largest selection of pearls available anywhere, and each jewelry piece is custom-made for you. Customize your jewelry based on pearl size, quality, gold type, length, and many more choices. If you need it quickly for Valentine's Day, no problem. The Pearl Source offers free two-day shipping on every single order. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box, ready to be presented as soon as it arrives. And if you're not sure she'll love the gift, no worries. The Pearl Source comes with a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee, so it's risk-free. Makes me happy because half the time I picked the wrong jewelry for my wife. Go to the Pearl Source, save up to 70% off retail, retail prices, and for a limited time, listeners to my show can take 14% off your entire order for Valentine's Day. Again, this is gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Go to thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout for 14% off your entire order. I've known the people who run the Pearl Source for literally decades at this point. If you want fine Pearl jewelry at the best prices online, go straight to the source, the Pearl Source. That's thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout. That's the thepearl source.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout to get 14% off your entire order. Okay, we're going to get to more of the Democratic circular firing squad because it really is a mess out there. And we will talk about who is picking up the momentum, why Michael Bloomberg is sleeping a little bit better at night these days. First, if you haven't noticed already, 2020 Crazy news, Year, and the election race is just getting started. We know you need to know everything from debate and primary updates to the latest nonsense from the Democratic candidates. The best way to stay informed is to become a Daily Wire member and get comprehensive news and opinion from us on demand. So we are giving you 20% off all new memberships. Yep, that's 20% off all new memberships when you use promo code DW2020. Members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show, select bonus content, access to the mailbag, and now my election insight op-eds, plus... Our new all-access tier gets you into live online Q&A discussions with me, Andrew Claven, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, plus our site's writers and special guests. Let us answer your questions and help you stay one step ahead of the left. If you haven't already, download the Daily Wire app so you can get push notifications for breaking news and special coverage. It really is an awesome feature. Again, that is promo code DW2020 for 20% off. Join today. Stay informed on all things 2020. Again, that's promo code DW2020 for 20% off. Join today. Stay informed on all things 2020. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So as you may notice, the circular firing squad has now opened, but not to the extent that anybody's actually going to call out Bernie Sanders on stage for being a socialist. Instead, it is Joe Biden going after Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. And you got Pete Buttigieg going after Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar standing off to the side and going, why not me? I'm the only person here who's won in a purple state. What the hell, guys? That's pretty much how things are going. The big story, of course, is the collapse of Joe Biden, who was the wire-to-wire front runner in your Democratic race, but is now beginning to fall apart, and he is getting desperate. Now, the reason he's falling apart is because, unfortunately for Joe Biden, Joe Biden is Joe Biden, the big headline out of the weekend was Joe Biden calling a skeptical voter a lying dog-faced pony soldier, which is one hell of a diss. I mean, spitting spitting hot fire like Eminem up there on that, on that Oscars stage. Apparently, he's dropped this line before. Apparently, it's a quote from a John Wayne movie. But this is the problem for Joe Biden is every frame of reference he has is from 1962. So here, here is Joe Biden dropping a very, very odd line at a woman in New Hampshire.
2: I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're now
0: you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. A lying dog face pony soldier. Joe Biden, straight from 1962. Also, he left his brain there because he's just saying weird things all the time. He said he's losing track of time in the middle of his speech. He, he does this in debates also. He'll be like, I guess I guess I'm out of time. And then he'll just kind of slow randomly to a stop. Here he was yesterday saying he was losing track of time. Again, all this is a really good look for a guy who's approaching one million years old.
2: He don't even talk about it. We don't even we don't have a discussion about it. Or as introduced in. And uh, I guess it was uh, four, five, six days ago. I can't even remember now. I'm losing track of time. By a woman named Chrissy. and con- I was in Concord.
0: What's he talking about? And why? And whom? Also, he doesn't know what kind of shotgun he owns. Apparently, he owns a 20-gauge, but no, a 12-gauge, but no, a 10-gauge. No, an 8-gauge. just keeps decreasing until he owns a negative 4-gauge shotgun. Here is Joe Biden explaining his, uh, his gun ownership.
2: There is a Second Amendment, and you do have a right to bear arms, but not an unlimited right. No amendment is absolute. I own a 20-gauge shotgun. I own a 12-gauge shotgun. I'll answer your question in a minute, sir. I own a 20-gauge and a 10-gauge shotgun. I just skeet shoot. I don't
0: even hunt. Uh, Well, okay. Again, he's just, he's so out of it at this point. And is it any wonder? I mean, Bernie has energy. Communism comes with the life-altering ability to to suck energy from everyone else. So he's just been living off everybody else's energy, apparently. But the one thing that Biden is, is saying correctly is that Pete Buttigieg is not a viable candidate. For, for the Democratic nomination, which is pretty much correct. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, conventional wisdom says he has very little ground support outside of the early states. New Hampshire and Iowa are disproportionately white. This is where Pete Buttigieg is likely to have most of his momentum. Once you get down south, Pete Buttigieg is in real trouble. Biden says Buttigieg has no support in the black community. And this, of course, is true by polling data.
2: Mayor Pete likes to say the only time Democrats win the presidency is when we nominate someone new. But here's. What he never mentions, the only Democrats to win the presidency is where we have
0: overwhelming support from the African-American community and don't take it for granted. And that, of course, is also true. And then he put out an ad slamming Mayor Pete. He says, listen, while I was vice president of the United States, this dude was having trouble cleaning dog poop off sidewalks in South Bend, Indiana. Here is the ad that Biden cut pretty brutal.
1: Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Pete have helped shape our economy. Joe Biden helped save the auto industry, which revitalized the economy of the Midwest, and led the passage and implementation of the Recovery Act, saving our economy from a depression. Pete Buttigieg revitalized the sidewalks of downtown South Bend by laying out decorative brick.
0: <laughs> okay. That's pretty brutal and pretty true. Biden himself went after Mayor Pete. He said, um, what have you ever done exactly? Like, why are you here exactly? Why That's is the nominating
2: Pete Buttigieg a risk? Well, because Pete Buttigieg has been nothing more. And he's a good guy. I like him. And he's a smart guy. But he's been the mayor of a city smaller than the city we're in now. And so what has he done? What is who is he pulled together? Does he know any of the foreign leaders? Has he been able to? I mean, Barack Obama was a different story. Barack Obama came from a large state. He was a United States senator. He had run before he'd been involved in international. Uh, he had a clear vision of what he thought the world should look like and so on. So uh, but it, it's a very different situation.
0: OK, there are actually a couple of real distinctions between Barack Obama as a candidate and Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is more like John Edwards a little bit than he is like Barack Obama in the sense that John Edwards was also a, I believe, first-term senator when he was nominated vice president by John Kerry, and then he'd run for vice president when he ran again in 2008. Pete Buttigieg is the mayor of a small town in Indiana. He's never won more than, I believe, 8,000 votes in his mayoral election, and when he ran statewide against Richard Murdoch, he got skunked, like 72% against 28% or something. Amy Klobuchar said the same thing. She says, listen, we can't nominate Buttigieg. I mean, what are we, messing around here? Like, why why are we even talking about this? This is crazy. I just think we can't mess around here and we need a leader that brings the receipts, uh, someone that has won
3: in the reddest of red areas, not just talk about it. And I have done that consistently. And when I think about New Hampshire, um, I think about the fact that in 2016, uh, Hillary only won by 2000 votes. And you see these other states, as you know, like Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin.
0: This, of course, is correct as well. Now, Buttigieg, for his part, is fighting back against Biden. He's saying, yeah, sure, I'm no I'm no Barack Obama, but neither is Joe Biden, which, again, is a fair critique. I mean, Joe Biden was his vice president. And Pete Buttigieg is the mayor of a town that is smaller than my neighborhood. But still, it's it's he's not wrong that Biden ain't Obama. He says this is his quote. He's no Barack Obama.
1: (laughs) Well, he's right. I'm not. And neither is he. Neither is any of us. And this isn't 2008. This is 2020. This is about how we're going to turn the page and deliver a better future in the country.
0: OK, that that is a lackluster answer at best. But here's the problem for Buttigieg. Buttigieg's very smooth. He's got no record. He can't defend his lack of record. And also, Pete Buttigieg is, I think people are going to get the general impression that he is dishonest because people try to portray him as though he is a moderate and he is not actually a moderate. Right? Again, Pete Buttigieg was defending late term abortion again over the weekend. I mean, this is the most radical position in the Democratic Party platform. He was sitting with NARAL Pro-Choice America, which is the, which is the, the wild anti-life organization. And here's Pete Buttigieg explaining again why he's in favor of late term abortion being available.
1: Usually we're talking about cases where by definition, if it's late term, a parent, a family, a woman is expecting to carry a pregnancy to term and then gets devastating medical news. Something about the life or health of the mother or the fetus that creates an unthinkable decision. And in those situations, what we know is that decision will not be made any better medically or morally because it is being dictated
0: by some government official. Okay, this is the answer he keeps on giving and he's basically just allowing late term abortion to go forward, which is the most radical position in American politics on all of this. By the way, while he claims he's anti-socialism, he's also ripping into Bernie for being too rich. So he, again, he, he's trying to have it both ways. Bernie, for his part, did slam Buttigieg. He says, listen, this guy keeps claiming that he is some sort of man of the people. He's doing wine cave fundraisers in in you know among billionaires. Here's Bernie slamming Buttigieg. Again, Bernie's more authentic than Buttigieg is for sure.
3: I do not believe that any group, our revolution or anybody else should be raising money from wealthy people. And I'm not asking for their help. They legally can do what they want to do because you have a corrupt political system But I would also point out that I'm running against a candidate, Pete Buttigieg, among others, who has raised contributions from more than 40 billion billionaires, including the CEOs of some of the largest drug companies in America.
0: Okay, what he's saying right there is true. Buttigieg's response is, yeah, well, Bernie has a lake house, which, okay, except that you're supposed to be the man of principle when it comes to these sorts of issues. Right, Buttigieg is happy to take that money because that's where he's getting the money. Right, he doesn't have a movement like Bernie. He doesn't have any support outside of basically college-educated white people. Right, that is the center of Pete Buttigieg's support base: middle-class people, lower-class people in terms of income. They are not Pete Buttigieg fans. Here is Pete Buttigieg hitting Sanders for being too rich, but this ain't gonna play.
1: Bernie's pretty rich, and I would happily accept a contribution from him. Look, uh, this is about making sure we bring everybody into the fight at a moment when we're going to be going up against Donald Trump, who, with his allies, are raising, I think the other day they raised 25 million bucks in one day. This is the fight of our lives. I'm not a fan of the current campaign finance system, but uh, I'm also uh, insistent that we've got to go into this with all of the support we can get.
0: He is so wildly dishonest. And here is the problem for the Democrats. So here's what the race is coming down to at this point. Biden is fading really, really horribly. There's a good shot that he finishes fifth in New Hampshire, which is disastrous for him. Unless he has expended every iota of cash he has in Nevada, unless he wins Nevada, he is toast. And if he loses Nevada and if Bernie wins Nevada, if Bernie wins Iowa, New Hampshire and Nevada, Bernie's the nominee. If Bernie wins Iowa, New Hampshire and he finishes second to Biden in Nevada, then he still has a decent shot at the nomination because, again, all of these delegates are proportionately split across the states. Meanwhile, one of these quote-unquote moderates is trying to rise up and take the Joe Biden mantle. If that's Pete Buttigieg, you really think that Pete Buttigieg is going to out-earn Bernie Sanders with black voters in South Carolina? That's not a thing that's going to happen. Bernie Sanders has been exposed to those voters for a very long time. Pete Buttigieg is widely perceived as an upper-class white person. And the fact that he is not rich is mainly a function of the fact that he left McKinsey and decided to go into politics, we all know that the minute that Pete Buttigieg leaves politics, he will be extraordinarily wealthy again. The chances that Pete Buttigieg is gonna be worth not a lot of money at age 60 are zero. Pete Buttigieg will be worth a fortune. again. Okay, and everybody knows that. Okay, so the Pete Buttigieg replacement of Joe Biden at the top of the sort of moderate wing of the Democratic Party is uncomfortable at best. The best replacement for Joe Biden at the top of that Democratic Party sort of moderate wing would be Amy Klobuchar, but Klobuchar can't, can't buy attention. Which is wild, again, because I think that Klobuchar is the most electable of these Democrats. If you were going to take any of these Democrats and put them up against Trump, Klobuchar would be the one. Klobuchar does not off-put people. She would win suburban women running away. She is more moderate on a lot of the key issues than these other Democrats are. She She openly speaks out against socialism. Like, she'd be very difficult for Donald Trump to beat in a lot of these swing states, Amy Klobuchar. She's the person who would be most dangerous to Trump, probably, in a national election. But Bloomberg, here's the problem. Here's what happened. It's so weird in this race. Early on, the question was going to be there were really a couple of different lanes in the in the Democratic Party, and we had suggested maybe three lanes. There was the intersectional lane that was going to be filled by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, and that lane started to fall apart pretty quickly because nobody from the intersectional lane could buy a ticket in the other two lanes. The other two lanes were the so-called moderate wing of the Democratic Party. That was Klobuchar and Biden, and Biden was dominating that wing, and he was shutting people out. And then there was this third wing, and the third wing was Sanders and Warren. So the grand assumption is that somebody from that middle wing of the Democratic Party was going to reach out to the intersectional wing or reach out to the socialist wing and that a crossover candidate from that middle wing was going to have the best shot at winning the Democratic Party nomination. Instead, as it turns out, because Biden had really closed the door to so many people in that middle wing because he had been this very weak front runner, but he'd been prohibiting anybody from rising as he collapsed, it turns out that people rushed into that middle wing and the only person who is left in that far left wing is Bernie. As soon as Elizabeth Warren imploded, then Bernie became the only person left standing in the wing. The domination of that wing meant he only had to reach over a little bit into the intersectional wing or the moderate wing and pick up just enough votes to win the nomination. So right now, Bernie Sanders is indeed the frontrunner in this race. And that's bad news for him because guess what? Every bad thing he ever said is going to come up in this election and he's going to get asked about it and his answers are insufficient. So he was asked by Jake Tapper about his past comments on things like wage caps. And Bernie Sanders gets mad about this because he has never been willing to answer questions about all of the dumb things that he has said in the past. Here's Bernie Sanders.
3: Early in your political career, way back in 1974, you said that it should be illegal to earn more money than someone could spend in his or her lifetime. You proposed a maximum wage cap on the what highest earners. What it year was that? 1974. What year was that? It was 45 years uh, ago. You know, look— Jake, I mean, in all due respect, I was yeah. seven years before I was alive. Did you go back to my third-grade essay when I was in PS 197 about well, what y- I said? You were a grown I mean, what man I mean, when I said 40 or 50, 50- yeah, it- but that was yeah you know, 50 years ago. Let's talk about my mayor's record, where I was a transformative well, the- mayor, re-elected three times. You know, I, we could go back to things that I said in the 70s. I don't think it's productive.
0: Oh, but it is productive. And the reason it's productive is because he has never disassociated from anything he said back in the 70s. I also love the conflict of Bernie Sanders saying, let's talk about my my mayor's record back in the 70s, but nothing I said back in the 70s. Bottom line right now is that no one appears able to stop Bernie Sanders. No one appears able to stop Bernie Sanders because no one has the stones to stand up to Bernie Sanders in the same way that nobody has the stones at the Oscars to just say the best picture should win and the best director should win and the best actress should win and the best actor should win and we should all stop with this sort of woke scolding. It's really irritating and stupid. Nobody has the stones to stand up to Bernie and say, what you are saying is crazy. No one has the, sta- has the stones to actually go full James Carville and say, you guys are way off the, the rails here, way off the rails. And so Bernie is likely to be the nominee. And the media, by the way, is completely panicked about this because they're beginning to realize just what a disaster this is. Rahm Emanuel, who is Obama's chief of staff, he says, listen, Donald Trump would crush any of these people. Right after, right after the debate, he looks around and goes, um, the, the, we are screwed. We're in serious trouble.
3: There were flashes of strength, flashes where people had some uh, uh, wobbly moments in answering questions. But no, you have to basically close your eyes, see them on a stage with uh, Trump and say who really looked like they were going to go mano to mano, toe to toe, because he's a vicious debater. We saw what he did with Hillary. And so
0: that's my concern as a Democrat is we're not there yet and we got we have a ways to go. Okay, this is correct. This is correct. Everybody's starting to panic inside the Democratic Party, and they should. Okay, time for a quick thing that I like, and then a quick thing that I hate. So, things that I like. So, I talked about how my wife and I are watching cheesy 1990s action flicks. The peak cheesy 1990s action flick is, of course, Con Air. The reason this is peak is because it is Jerry Bruckheimer just blowing things up. Basically, every five minutes, there's an explosion for no reason. For some reason, the world is just filled with unbelievably flammable material. It is also full Nicolas Cage, with like the the southern accent and the long hair and everything. John Malkovich is great cuz John Malkovich is great in anything and he's and he's terrific on screen. And and Steve Buscemi shows up to be real weird. It's 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 pretty fantastic. Here's a little bit of the trailer for Con Air if you're looking for a dumb action movie tonight.
3: Welcome to Con Air. Jailbird 1, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this
1: aircraft gives a flyer. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot
3: it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. It's
0: so great. The Nicholas Cage fading hairline, but he's got like the Almost long hair down. like a nineteen seventies rocker. This summer, check your weapons. It's so spectacular. This movie. It's, take your seat. It's so bad and so good at the same time. I mean, the mo- you have to, all you have to, you to know bears. about this movie is understand that the movie opens with Nicolas Cage, who is a You're former. Basically, special forces, Navy SEAL guy. He comes home, and he's seeing his wife for the first time in years, right? Or at least in months. He goes to a bar. He wants to dance with her. And three drunk truckers decide to confront him and rip the medals off of his shoulder for no reason at all. He then gets in a fight with them, right? They attack him with a knife, and he kills one of them. And then he is sentenced to 10 years in prison for this. Why? Because the judge says in the dialogue, the judge literally says in the dialogue, that the rules do not apply in the same way to people who are in the military because their hands are like deadly weapons. Okay, which, by the way, as a lawyer, that's not a real thing that like at all. But it's a it, spectacularly dumb movie. Pretty fun to watch. You can check out Kanye. Okay, other things that I like. So AOC demonstrating why she has an econ degree from Boston University. Uh, she was speaking over the weekend about economics, and um, she somehow came up with an economist named Milton Keynes, which is um, weird. So here is here is AOC talking about the well-known economist Milton Keynes, which is which is like the sort of like the well-known economist Frederick Marx. Here she is.
1: I was just reading today about how Milton Keynes, a famous uh, economist back in the day, predicted that by 2030, U.S. GDP would grow six to eight times what it is, which would allow for everyday people to work 15 hours a week. So the thing about that is that Keynes's predictions weren't completely wrong.
0: So fresh. So face. Incredible freshness and faceness. Milton Keynes, solid stuff there. That wasn't the best part of her little Instagram fest over the weekend. She also had on her boyfriend, Riley Roberts, to discuss how white people can combat racism, which is just, uh, <laughs> again, everything that is wrong with the Democratic Party and the Oscars in, in one little clip here. I think one of the like effective ways is just to talk and kind of help teach them about why some of the things they believe or say or think are wrong. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily racist, but that they're wrong. And that'll sort of like chip away and, you know, contribute to some development in this area, but not necessarily take somebody from like being
1: a racist Mm -hmm. to not being a racist in one conversation. And it's just always being open to learning about racist things that we may have said or done without judgment and defensiveness.
0: And later he's like, oh God, I'm going to get lectured, aren't I? I answered that question wrong, and AOC is going to lecture me about my internalized racism, isn't she? It's just going to be so awkward. It's going to be so awkward, and I'm going to have to sit there like Tom Hanks while AOC raps at me. It's going to be weird. She's going to put on like a weird flowery coat thing, and she's going to yell at me about how I'm not woke enough. It's got to be strange being on the left, really, and being lectured about your own wokeness while you're not woke enough, but you are, you're woker than the right. I mean, at least you're not a right-winger, but you're not woke enough, and you just spend all day thinking about your own racial sins. Spectacular stuff. Okay, I think we've run out of time for things that I hate. Plus, there are a lot of things that I hate today anyway. So we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow as we approach the New Hampshire primaries. Bernie Sanders in the lead, Pete Buttigieg quick on his heels, and Joe Biden way the hell back. We'll talk about all of that very soon, so stick around. We'll see you here a little bit later. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Klavan Show. The Michael Moles Show and the Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, directed by Mike Joyner, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay, supervising producer Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, technical producer Austin Stevens, playback and media operated by Nick Sheehan, associate producer Katie Swinnerton, edited by Adam Siaevetz. Audio is mixed by Mike Poramina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, twenty twenty. Oscar
3: winners quote Karl Marx, President Trump torches his critics, and the Democratic presidential candidates beclown themselves in Friday night's debate. We will examine the politics of show business, the showbiz of politics, and why the left can't meme. Check it out on The Michael
0: Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free... Should mean you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no foreign line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just thirty five bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, fifteen gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost a thousand dollars a year. So.